Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Fum- the Fumble Risky Podcast, powered by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Fans Only Sports Radio. My name is Justin Tucker, alongside my good friend, CJ Medeiros. CJ, how you doing today? You know what, Justin? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. And, you know, it's not often you and I get to do an episode together. This is a, a special time for the Fumble Ruski family. <laughs> Isn't that just nice? Oh, man, it makes me feel so much better when you're around. <laughs> well, the good news is you guys have me to host. Um, the bad news is Adam will be out tonight. We wish you the best of luck, Adam, whatever you are doing. We miss you. Hopefully you'll be back next week. But we, that does not mean we don't have a good show for you. We This week we are talking about our top five ed rushes which means there will be a lot of debate a lot of disagreement but a lot of nitpicky and uh the former the former fan box uh, where we talk about with our fans about the top or their underrated edge rusher in the nfl so without further ado cj would you like to kick us off as a matter of fact i would justin all right my number five i Many will disagree with this, but I would say now Philly linebacker Hassan Reddick or edge rusher, you know, linebacker, but technically an edge rusher. Now, a lot of people will say, hmm, but why? Let me tell you something. He has had two elite seasons and no one talks about him. And look, just last season, 68 combined tackles and 11 sacks to and on top of that, two forced fumbles. See, it used to be Reddick was used mostly as like an outside linebacker, off-ball kind of guy. Then they moved him to the edge in 2020 where he had 12 and a half sacks, and he burst onto the scene. And since then, he caroms from one-year prove-it deal to one-year prove-it deal. He is had back-to-back seasons of double-digit sacks, and there's a real chance he gets double-digit sacks again. He's currently, I think, on like a one-year somehow deal with the Eagles. I could be wrong. If I am, let me know. But all I know is he does not, uh, you know, his pay is not, you know, does not match up to what he brings to the table. And mark my words, he's going to deserve a fat increase should he, you know, final, you know, should he get a third straight double-digit sack season? What about you, Tucker? He's he's on a fifteen million dollar per season deal, which also includes a thirty million dollar fully guaranteed. Wait, is he? Oh, well, well, good, good. I'm glad. Finally, he's got his money. He did make his money, according to NBCSports.com. So congratulations to him and congratulations to the the Eagles. You know what? I'm sorry. I just I I could have sworn because I know he had like two straight deals and now we like now he's finally got his money. Good, good, good. But still, it totally is. Like I said, 68 tackles last season and 11 sacks. Enough said. My thing is. uh... I'm not sure if he's top five based upon the other guys that might that are on my list, but I could see him having top five production on that defensive line with Philly. Because now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, you got Javon Hargraves, Fletcher Cox, and Jordan Davis on that line as well. Yeah. So, ooh, that, ooh, that's hmm. I was just thinking off of the player, but if we're also doing like structuring and like everything else around him. That's actually pretty pretty damn good. That's actually mm. yeah yeah exactly like I said back to back seasons of double digit sacks. One with Arizona, one with Carolina. Yeah, and hopefully <laughs> he will get one on one attention because I think that's yeah. trying to line up their defense. 
because mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to two gap, uh, like put two people on Jordan Davis, which again would put like one on one stuff, Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargraves, which is ridiculous. But at uh, first, I was shocked, but that's actually a solid pick. Now, before I go, I just wanted to let everybody know that this was a difficult thing to create. Yeah, as they can attest. There is way too many good pass rushers out there that can do a myriad of things. And there's only a few like freaks that can do every single thing. So from my number, my number five is Micah Parsons. Mm, You know something I thought of putting him and I just want to hijack this real quick Mm -hmm. to say, I really thought about it, but I put him in my top five linebackers, so I didn't know if I was gonna like put it That's twice. You're thinking about off ball guys, so yeah. What is your thing? You take it away, man. That's my thing. The reason I put him at five is because I don't know what the Cowboys will do with him. Whether they'll continually move him around the line or they'll just stick him at edge and keep him there. If they keep him at edge and he can consistently do this, oh, he's gonna be top three sooner or later. That's he is a freak. He is unbelievable. But the way the Cowboys use him, I think that might. <laughs> hamper his production a little bit, which is why he'll be five. As a rookie, he came in and did everything that you asked him to do, and then some. He was dominant on that Cowboys defense, and he made it look more respectable than it actually is, considering the fact that their only other, I want to say, Pro Bowl caliber player on that defense is uh, Trayvon Diggs, who had 11 interceptions. Now, his coverage skills are up for debate. but the yeah, interception- Didn't he give up like over 1,000 yards too? I believe so. <laughs> So it wasn't a good year for for a coverage basis, but for a turnover basis, it was a great year for him. So congratulations to to him. But uh, he is, without a doubt, one of the best players in the NFL last year. And hopefully he can keep on that production in year two and not have a sophomore slump. But, yeah, he's he's been playing pretty ridiculous and out of his mind when when on that edge. So hopefully the Cowboys – can actually be intelligent about this and keep him there and not move him. But yeah, he's oh, been, uh, Cowboys and intelligence don't it's, mix. It's well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. But hey, we them boys, we going to the Super Bowl. This year's our year for like the last yes. twenty years. Twenty five. Twenty. It's twenty five going on twenty six. Hey, yeah. a broken clock is right twice a day. Maybe, maybe yes. they're right this year. I don't know. Probably heck, heck, Philly might take the division for all we know. Yeah, um, I could see that happening because no one wins like back to back. All right, so who's your number four? All right, coming in at number four, I'm going to put old reliable Cam Jordan from the Norland Saints. Now, Cam Jordan is insane, even at the ripe old age of like he's over 30. I, mm-hmm. I believe 32. But yeah, you know, this is usually when they start declining. Not so. Now, he didn't really have a good 2020 season. We're only notched seven and a half sacks, so like 51 tackles. Yeah, not so this year. 59 tackles and 12 and a half sacks mm-hmm. at age 32. That is insane. Not to mention on the line, what they don't talk to him, what they don't talk about him is that he's kind of reminds me of J.J. Watt in the sense how he can knock down balls at the line of scrimmage. You know, like J.J. Watt used to do that a lot. Last year, he had six passes deflected at the line. That is insane. And two forced fumbles to boot. 
And he's like this really big bodied presence that can also stuff the run if need be. He's good at sniffing out the run and he's shown that he can consistently get to the quarterback. This guy, in my eyes, has to be at least a slam dunk, you know, for top five. All reliable. He gets it done. Great in the pass, great in the run. And it's just, and he's a tackling machine. And like I said, there's always that threat of him knocking down balls at the line. So you can, even as old age, I say old, you know, like for football. He still got a lot left in the tank, and uh, he can pretty much literally do anything you ask him to. Yeah, Cam Cam Jordan was a solid pick. Um, his age may may be questionable, but again, if he can continue to perform at that high of a level, I mean, who am I? I mean, I'm just saying, age thirty two season, twelve and a half sacks. That is nothing to sneeze at, really. Nothing at all. I wish I had that production on my line, but that's not the <laughs> Well, come on, man, you're the best linebacker in the NCAA. Don't get it twisted. All right, so my my number four, and it's between the two brothers. It's basically who, who do you want? It's between the Bosa brothers, and I went with I went with Nick. But if you told hmm. me Joey, I wouldn't be upset with that. Yeah, fair enough. I went with Nick because I believe he had the better season of the two, and his team went further than Joey's team. But basically, they're like a carbon copy of each other, except that I think Nick might be a little more like stronger than him i saw the way he picked up uh the cowboys right tackle uh escapes my mind during the playoffs against the same Collins or yeah lyle collins he picked him up off the ground and treated him like a like a little kid and i was like yes sir i was like oh my god he is giving dak prescott hell and this right tackle who's a very good right tackle when healthy can't stop him and so i thought he was going to struggle with like elite right tackles no he he get, he gives them trouble just like his big brother does, and they both have had stellar careers. But I think just based off of this year, I believe Joey both. I mean Nick both had the better season. Huh. Yeah. Well, I uh, I actually I need to fast forward to my number three because ironically it was Nick Bosa. <laughs> you know, it's funny how these things shake out, isn't it? And and I I just love. Let me just say, I love how, like, we don't know what each other's lists are going in, so we mm-hmm. can have fun little surprises like this. But with Nick Bosa, for me, you know, I, I like stats and stuff. He had a career-high four, yes, four forced fumbles, 15 and a half sacks, 40 solo tackles, 52 combined, and 21 tackles for loss, and 32 quarterback hits, all of which, yes, all of which were career highs. This is his career high in his third year. And keep in mind, no one really knew what he was going to be because he was coming off, I believe, a torn ACL. Yep, came off that off a torn ACL. Yeah, and didn't play for like, he only played like one or two games last season. And now he comes out like the best form of himself you know, that we've ever seen. And there's no reason to believe he's going to slow as we progress into uh, next season. Yeah. that He did all that off a of torn ACL. And this is a guy, and I'm happy with his production because he's more of a technician than a freak. But mm-hmm. when he gets it right, oh boy, that he is a problem, which is why I'd like to see his tape because he has phenomenal tape. Uh, but my number three guy who had a bounce back year and was phenomenal for a playoff-caliber defense, Max Crosby. Hmm. Explain. 
when I saw Max Crosby last year, I wasn't worried about it because I thought his rookie year was just an aberration because he he outdid the number four overall pick, uh, Cleveland Farrell, and he had like 10 and a half sacks when Cleo Farrell did not. And then the next year he had like, I want to say five sacks. But over the next year coming. I have his stats in front of me. The, The season after his rookie year, he had seven. Seven? All right. So clearly a downgrade, but, you know. Mm-hmm. So coming into this year, he felt like he had to make a change. So he – I want to say he checked into a rehab facility and got clean. He was like, all right, I know what I need to do and I want to get focused and I want to commit myself to the game. And he did that. And it might be a little bit based on what I saw week one. Oh, my God. He was he was all over the place. He gave uh, Villanueva hell. He get, hit him with a spin so bad, and he put him to the ground. I was like, can you block this guy? Every time I saw saw Lamar Jackson trying to make a play, it was uh, Max Crosby stopping it. And it was like, no, please don't. And he was the one that had the forced fumble against Lamar. And I was like, yeah, yep, lost the game there. And so when and throughout the whole season, he was – I believe he had the most pressures throughout any other edge rusher. And so when I look at that, I was like, He's clearly getting there. He may not be always finishing, but he's clearly giving them pressures. The quarterback is just getting them away. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a thing. You know, you got to once you're there, you kind of got to seal the deal. Yeah. He uh, you know, he had 56 tackles, you know, that's a total it's a career high. And he but he had 30 quarterback hits but only 8 sacks. You know, you have to start converting those pressures into sacks. Which is one of the reasons why I didn't put him in my, in my top 5. You know, I would give him an honorable mention. But you know, but I mean, like, I feel like next year, if he keeps going, then I, you know, we're probably gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, Chandler Jones is gonna be on his team, team next year. I think he will start to convert some, yeah, especially because Jones is likely gonna get double teamed every play. Yeah, and do you really want to deal with Chandler Jones or Max Crosby having a one on one? No, yeah, yes. that AFC West is gonna be really scary. It's stacked to the guilds. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh my god. All right, yeah. so who's your number two? Now, my number two for you know a fellow uh, player in the AFC North, you know, for all Tucker's Ravens, I'm going to put Miles Garrett. Same, he's my number two. Awesome. So let's dive into this together. Miles Garrett is a physical freak. Freaks. This guy is insane. 51 total tackles and 16 sacks. He's everywhere. He stops the run. He can disrupt passing. He forces fumbles, and he's one of the hardest hitters in the league. And he's impossible to block. His footwork is great. His technique is great. Bull rush, swim move, you name it. This guy is borderline unstoppable, except for one. And uh, so, Justin, what do you think about old uh, Miles Garrett? Almost unstoppable to block. I've seen – I've played – my team has played against him twice a year. I don't know how, how – we can't do it. We can't stop this guy. We put two guys on him. He he splits the difference and gets to Lamar Jackson almost like that. Lamar has to run for his life almost every play. We, God help us if he lines up on the right side because, you know, filling him in the way, like, just couldn't block him last year. And he wasn't going to block Miles Garrett because most of the league can't block him. I think the only one that can do it is, I want to say, Trent Williams because he's a freak. Oh, yeah. Trent Williams is arguably a future Hall of Famer. If he wins a ring, I think it's yeah. If he is, but I mean, he's gonna go there eventually. He's one of the best left tackles ever. Yeah, he was a part of that legendary 2011 draft class too. Yeah, that was 
talk about the freaks in that one. And see, here's the thing with Miles Garrett for me. Mm-hmm. He is four straight seasons of double digit sacks 13 yeah. and a half, 10, 12, and now 16. Mm-hmm. He racks up tackles upon tackles every year, forces a few fumbles every year, and he's getting to the quarterback like 33 quarterback hits last season. Now, quarterback hits for me are like a really intangible stat because, well, technically they are counted. You don't really know the impact it has on the game, but it does because you're getting there and you are rattling the quarterback. And like I said, Miles Garrett's one of the hardest hitters in the league, and he's just so unblockable, like no matter what anyone does. Yeah, you have to double-team him every play, which gives his other crime partner, Jadavion Clowney, one-on-ones. So that's how you know he's a beast. 16, 16 sacks will tell you that. And if it was any other year, he would probably be our number one. But unfortunately, there's another guy in the same division that just had a better season than him. Yeah. You want me to announce it or should I? You can announce it. All right. It is, like you said, from the same division, TJ Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Oh, boy, this guy... Picture everything we just said about Miles Garrett, but amp it up to 11. Yeah, This guy is insane. He tackles more. He hits just as hard. He gets to the quarterback more frequently, and he forces more fumbles. He deflects more passes, and you can drop him out in coverage because he's got four career interceptions. Like This guy can quite literally do it all. When last year he had 22 and a half sacks, Tying the all-time sack record. And I don't want to hear that gabagool about, oh, yeah, but it was an expanded season. He missed a game. Yeah. So that means he still played the regular 16 games. Checkmate, Watt haters. And I mean, Tucker, I know you don't like me saying this because he's also from the AFC North, but he's insane. I mean, the guy is like, he's basically, he's likely going to end up being better than his brother. And we all remember what a beast J.J. Watt was in his prime, but T.J. is already there in my eyes. He's a beast, but, if again, J.J. Watt had, like, three seasons of, like, 20-plus sacks. Yeah, well, we're getting there now. He just had to – like you said – Yeah, and look, here's the thing. He was in the same draft class as Miles Garrett, Mm -hmm. but T.J. Watt, you know, his first season, seven sacks, not too shabby, but then 13 – 14 and a half, 15, and then 22 and a half. Yep. This guy is showing no signs of stopping. And what, like I said, what sets it apart for me is that you can put him anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a problem. All that we said about Miles Garrett equated to him and equate that TJ Watt is better in coverage than him. He was the defensive player of the year for a reason. 22 and a half sacks can tell you, oh, he can get to the quarterback, no problem. Oh my God. I'm so happy he didn't break it up, break the record on us. I would have been so pissed. I would have, when he actually got the final sack, I thought he actually did, but he was like 22 and a half. I was like, thank God. Three seconds or less. Don't hold the ball because, you know, we can't block him for any, any longer than that because he'll just get mm-hmm. to the quarterback and break it and cost us the game. But unfortunate, but fortunately, he didn't do that. But I hate talking about the Steelers in a positive light, but. As you said, this guy is a freak of nature. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, son, we were talking about how stacked the AFC West was, but look at the AFC North. See, old Justin Tucker is a Ravens fan. 
which means twice a year he has to deal with the aforementioned T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett, but also mm-hmm. Trey Hendrickson, who's no slouch in his own right from the Cincinnati Bengals. And then there's Sir Davion Clowney. Oh, yeah, right, and Clowney. And also Cam Hayward, too. And Cam <sighs> Yep, it's it's not easy for any of those teams. We have to face them all twice a year, so I have to see them a combined six times a year. Yeah, not a happy player, but hopefully our developmental outside linebackers will come in and be fine. Because hopefully I don't want David Ojabo to play this year. I, I want him to sit out for a year. I don't time. think he's going to. I um, think you kind of draft him kind of like when the Cowboys drafted Jalen Williams. You know you're playing the long game with Ojabo. Yeah. You mean Jalen Smith? Oh, yeah, Jalen Smith. I said Jalen. Why did I say that? I meant Jalen Smith. Sorry. My brain yeah. does not want to cooperate today. But my point still stands. You know, you're playing the long game. Yeah. The only problem is he's a freak in his own right because apparently he's walking right now. Yeah. Hey, but just don't rush him back. That's all you can I'm, do. Don't Andrew Luck him. Yeah. I don't want to rush him back. So hopefully we see him either November or December, and hopefully he'll be fine by then. Because the injury that he took on his pro day, I don't wish on anybody. Mm. Yeah. But, hey, those were our top five outside linebackers. We are the Formula Whiskey Podcast, and we'll be right back. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football. They're saying it's a catch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Formula Whiskey Podcast. I am your wonderful host, Justin Tucker, along with my special guest and best special host, CJ Medeiros. Special guest? Come on now. I know you're not a special guest. Yeah. But you are my one and, my one and only friend. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Now, it has come that time that we have our Formula Whiskey fan box. See that? We put the banners up like you told us, Adam. Like <laughs> All right, so during this segment, we ask you guys a question, and we want to hear from you guys. And our question of this week is, who is the most underrated outside linebacker in the in the NFL at this moment in time? And so. All right, Grayson, then. Yeah, I was about to say, we have Grayson Mortimer who said, JPP. Is he underrated? Uh, yeah. yeah, Justin Pierre-Paul. I mean, you don't really hear about him, but he's a, he's, he's solid, you know? He is solid, I mean, but he's, he's on the not, free agent market. Yeah. Wait, he's still a free agent, right, you said? Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, and I mean, last season, let's uh, pull up the stats, 2021, uh, 31 tackles, two and a half sacks, bit of a step back, but he would certainly provide a boost for most lineups. Yeah, I'm about to say, it was a year for a move from him causing havoc in the Super Bowl, so. Oh, yeah, like the season prior to last, he uh, or two seasons ago, I should say, he yeah. had nine and a half sacks, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is he underrated? I'd say it's more so of him having a down year, and he's mm-hmm. on the I want to say the wrong side of thirty. Oh I'm... yes, yes, he is. Last season was his age thirty-two season. 
So, yeah, he's on the wrong side of 30, and they saw him only have two and a half sacks. So the, most of the league is probably looking at that and is like, can he actually produce? Don't get me wrong. I want him on my team, but I don't want him taking, like, heavy minutes away from our young young ones. That makes sense. Yeah. CJ says Hassan Reddick. Now, you already know how mm-hmm. I feel about Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. He is mad underrated. He finally got paid, and uh, he needs his props. Anything else, please, you know, just go back, you know, because I've already explained why he is so underrated. And, yes, I do believe he is, in fact, top five. I'm not I'm, mm, top five is, to me, stretching it. I understand why he feels that way. He might have a top five season coming up, but I'm not sure if he's top five in general. We'll I swear, see. watch him, like, not play at all and then just completely prove me wrong. I don't want that. I want him to well, even though he's on the Eagles and I do not care for them. We don't wish injury on anybody. No, I I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> but still, though, we wish him the best of luck. Um, Stephen Parker said Trey Hendrickson. No, Mister AFC North, you wanna you wanna comment on that? I don't know. How is he underrated? He just so happens to be in the same division as Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt. I don't think he's underrated. I think he's rated just fine. He's the best third. I mean, he was underrated, but I really don't think he is anymore. I mean, he's not the tackling machine you'd like him to be, but he's mostly a pure pass rusher. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't call him underrated. He certainly was when he signed that contract, and everyone said it was an overpay, but he proved him wrong. You know, So I really don't view him as uh, underrated, really. I, I'm not, I, I don't think he's overrated at this moment in time. I think he's rated just fine. Yeah, that, yeah I agree. Like – I don't understand, like, where are you trying to rate him higher than where he is? Because at best, you're saying he's the third best, because I don't think anybody would take him over Miles Garrett or TJ Watt. So Absolutely. I think it's just fun. Tyson Tate, a regular on the show, said Daniel Hunter. Yeah, well, uh, old Justin Tucker and I were talking about this before the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Justin, would you like to present your case? I think he. I don't think he's underrated. I think he might be a little overrated if you think he's underrated, because he hasn't played. I think that's the only reason you're saying that. If he's played and can stay healthy, then I think you would rate him higher than he would be. But the problem is, is his health. I don't think he's underrated. I haven't heard many people talk about him ever. Well, not really ever. But especially now that he's gotten hurt, he's kind of fallen off the map. A lot of people call him top five. I don't think that. But then again, I don't think many people, you know, truly think that. So I would say he's becoming underrated because of his injuries. But if he manages to play at least 15 games next season, he'll be right back in the conversation. Don't you worry. Yeah, I think he'll be right back in that conversation. He's, I think he was like the fastest outside linebacker to 50 sacks ever. So Yes, yes, he was. So if he can just stay healthy, he'll be just fine. Yeah. Tyson Tate, again, I'm sensing the theme here. DJ Wanham from Minnesota. I believe it's Wanham. Yeah, Wanham. So is he saying all of Minnesota's defensive line is underrated? It's possible. But DJ Wanham, he uh, – how do I, he's not really known to many people. I mean, to be fair, I had to look him up. But after a really, really, really quiet 2020, and uh, I believe Wanham 
I don't know if he was drafted or not. I don't. Oh, I think I don't. I think he might have been an undrafted free agent, but don't quote me on that. I'm sorry. Like, I don't really know anything. But well, looking at his stats from last season, 47 tackles and eight sacks. That is not bad for a guy you don't know about. And uh, and he's been allowed to flourish, you know, without Tennille Hunter because, you know, injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way I see it is that he can be very dangerous for the Vikings and he could definitely help take some of that pressure off of Hunter now that some scouts know what he can do. Yeah. So hopefully he Daniel Hunter doesn't have to do all the work and DJ can help him on that end. So maybe yeah. he is underrated. I'll take your word for it since I haven't seen much much of DJ Warnham. Uh Ian Melhern says Brian Burns. I agree with this one. I think yeah. Brian Burns is really underrated. Yep. Yeah, I, yep, I, I'm right there with you. You know, I have a friend also, you know, from our from our college, you know, who mm-hmm. who says who's a huge Brian Burns fan. And why shouldn't you be? He said over he's had at least 50 tackles the past two seasons, both past two seasons, nine sacks, four passes deflected the last two seasons, six career force fumbles in three years, the and 18 quarterback hits last season. And I feel like if he was not on the Carolina Panthers, a lot of people would know more about him. Because I believe Brian Burns was a first-round pick, right? Yeah, Brian Burns is a... Yeah, and he's playing like one, and it doesn't seem like he gets that much recognition, which has to change. But again, unless his team becomes more successful, I don't think they'll give him the recognition he deserves. But Unfortunately, that is the reality of the NFL. Yeah, but he's very good for the for the Carolina Panthers. And I got to say that last year's Carolina Panthers uh, front seven, very good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cowboys. That front seven was very good, but enough about me fanboy fanboying over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Nick Norman front of the show says easily Robert Quinn, the quietest 18 and a half sack season I've ever seen. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Quinn. He's a strange one for me because yeah. if you look at his career stats, the first four years of his career, he bursts onto the scene. Then he kind of goes quiet, few blips here and there. And then his first year in Chicago after he signed that deal, he wasn't doing too well. And then, boom, 49 tackles, 18 and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how he did it, but he, he did. And keep in mind, he's part of the 100 sack club in case you – for those of you keeping track at home. Yeah, yeah. he's 101 career sacks. Like that guy, I, I don't know. Just he, he's not a guy you hear about a lot, but he keep but he's he it's I don't know how to per, you know how to put it into words. It's like he's so sporadic in producing. And that's probably why a lot of people don't know he literally had 18 and a half sacks last season. Probably why he wasn't in our top five, because he's so random when you know when he decides to be good or average. Yeah, he's very good, but unfortunately, he just had a season—a very good season—that happened to be with the Chicago Bears. If it, if he was with the Dallas Cowboys, I think it would be harbored on more, because you know it's oh, it's the Cowboys. Yeah, that's what they but do. Unfortunately, he was in Chicago where they didn't have much success, and no one heard about him much. And they might think it's just oh, it's because he's next to Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack was injured for some of the season, so. Yeah. I, I can't recall how many games, but it's not like Khalil Mack was all 
always there. So yeah, and see most yeah. of teams. And and even still, you say it's just because of Khalil Mack. So 18 and a half sacks because of Khalil Mack. Really? Is this the game we're gonna play? I, I would disagree with that. That just shows to yeah. shows you how good Robert Quinn is when healthy. Exactly. But again, I do believe he's underrated now. I don't think he's always been, but I think he is now. Yeah. I didn't think he had 18 and a half stats until I looked it up one time and I was like, he had 18 and a half sacks and no one's talking about it. Jack Hartman says Clowney doesn't get as many pass rush stats, but a menace in the run game. Yeah. Yeah. And another <laughs> friend in the AFC North that Tucker loves so, so much. But yeah, I hate going up against them. I, yeah. I don't like it. What but you Clowney, don't get, oh, sorry, continue. What you don't get in pass rushing, he gives you in run stopping ability. He just sets the edge, and there's really mm-hmm. nothing you can do. Yeah, like I said, 24 solo tackles, 37 combined last year, while being shuffled and out of the lineup, and nine sacks. So he's not a total slouch in the passing, I mean, the pass rush game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's certainly underrated. He's not really the number one pick that we all thought he would be. But he has certainly found his niche in this league, at least yeah. according to me. And, yeah, I, and I think he re-upped with Cleveland, no? Yeah, he's re-upped with them too. Yeah, so so yeah, I expect him to be just as good, honestly. Yeah, he said especially his main, playing alongside Garrett. He said his main reason for coming back was because he heard Deshaun Watson was going to be there. We're not so, touching that. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he had a problem with Baker or he's just that excited for Deshaun Watson to be his quarterback. Mm. Enough about that. Daryl Howell says Carl Lawson lost a year due to injury but can be sneaking good for the Jets. Well, it's the Jets, so... (sighs) Yeah, 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 you know, you hear about how the Jets could be really good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's right, you know, he didn't play at all in 2021, but... I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think Carl Lawson is a lot better than he actually is. This is no knock on him, but I feel like he's a bit overhyped. He has his career high in tackles is 36 and his career high in sacks is eight and a half. And for the amount of money like they gave him, we just for him to like miss one year, he better come out and be a pro bowler, you know, because I don't think he's ever made the pro bowl, never been all pro. So he, that he better pan out. I think it's kind of like a do or die for him. Mm-hmm. But, but based on everything I said, you could call him underrated. Yeah, and hopefully that front seven can get healthy because they just added, I want to say, Jermaine Johnson to that. Yes, so, yes, they did. And so one could hope that along with the resurgence of Carl Lawson back into the lineup, that front seven, along with C.J. Mosley and a couple others, will be menacingly, especially when you have somebody like Quentin Williams in your front seven. Yes. Yeah. You you hit the nail right on the head there. But yeah, I wasn't hating on Carl Lawson. I, I'm just stating the facts. No, you would never, even though you know you're a Patriots fan. I mean, I like Carl Lawson. I mean, I don't have an issue with him. I honestly, I only have that big of an issue with the Jets ever since Rex Ryan left. And actually, it's not true. I didn't like Adam Gase, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but you probably didn't like Adam Gase as a coach, not because he, you hated playing against him. No, I just no, I never liked Adam Gase, even as an offense coordinator. Never, I thought he was overrated. Because he got a recommendation from Peyton Manning. Everybody yes. knows Peyton Manning. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, Carl Lawson, this is definitely a put up or shut up year. But the potential is there. 
But until then, yes, I would argue that he is, in fact, underrated. Underrated. Yeah, I, I'll give him that. I'll give it, give him that for right now because he did lose a year to injury. So we'll see. But that'll do it Do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in, tune in to us live Tuesdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will also be able be all also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRuski underscore podcast to keep up with the, keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you over and out.